now transmitting the Mint Condition Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 275 of the Minka Dish podcast right here on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. That's where we are, and that's where you are right this very second. I am Scott the Bot Savage, along with... Swade Wade from the Minka Dish podcast. And... Joe. And what podcast are you from? Well, uh, I just copied what you said. Oh, Joe. Yeah. What? No, I was asking Joe, and what podcast are you from? Uh, I'm from NPR. Oh, we're back? We're back? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, well, if it, well, oh this wait, is... hold on. I just got an email. We're not. Fuck, I had my NPR voice ready, too. I was going to be like, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mink and Dish podcast. And uh, today we're going to be discussing uh, politics. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to do something fun this week. Uh, we're going to bring back a YouTube series that we did, but we're going to kind of tweak it for the podcast format. We're going to bring back Soundcheck, and we're going to go over the discography. However, in this sense, instead of it being you know a bunch of episodes doing pieces of albums leading into the overall discography, we're just going to do overall discography, and we're going to start this podcast format with a band that Jesus Christ, who the fuck doesn't know who Metallica is? We're doing Metallica this week, and uh, all full-length albums. Uh, Lulu does not count because it was more of a Lou Reed album than a Metallica record, even though they played on it. It's a collaboration. And uh, I don't want to kill myself. Yeah. It's well, bad enough St. Anger was even has to get talked about. Well, just, just know, just know. That if Lulu was considered, it would be dead last. Oh my god, yes. God damn it. It'd, it'd be really close. <laughs> it would be close. It's all strictly the albums. Also, no bo- bonus tracks are not considered for this. Because yes. most of the ones from before ended up on Garage Inc. And therefore, not talking about them. So we're going to go through each album. Talk a little bit about our opinion on each one. You know, name a couple of our favorite songs, move on. And then at the end, we're going to give you our rank of all 10 Metallica records and how we each as individuals rank them. Yeah. And Wade, let's get started. Yeah, so we're going to start with Metallica. Uh, They started in the early 80s with James Hetfield, Lars Ehrlich, Dave Mustaine originally, but then later Kirk Hammett, and then uh, Cliff Burton. How about this guy? Well, the, the first guy, there was a guy before Cliff. It was uh, it was like Roy McGovern or something like that. Give me a second, I'll look that up for you, Joe. Uh, I hope his name is Roy McGovern. It's, some, it's something close. I think his name was Ron. 
Ron McGovernor. Ron McGovney or something. Ron McGovney. Uh, yeah, the lesser the I'll tell you this. Some people may be surprised to find out Dave Mustaine was in the band, but I, I, I think more people are like, who the fuck is Don McGovney? <laughs> or or Ron McGovney, excuse me. Uh, it was released. Uh the first album was Kill 'em All. Yes. Fun fact, it was supposed to be called Metal Up Your Ass. But they were not allowed to call it that because it, the company who was going to distribute it said, if you do not, if you call it that, we will not sell your record. So they're like, okay, fine. So then they called it Kill 'em All in response to record labels. And it was called, and it was released on July 25th, 1983 on the label Megaforce. Yes. I believe, was this their only one on Megaforce? No. 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 Oh, was Ride the Lightning too? Yes. Because I, I think Master of Puppets was the first one on Electra. That's around the time they signed with Electra. I'm not sure. Either Master of Puppets or Injustice for All. But yeah, so Kill Em All, this is probably the rawest, most thrashy, like if you, like the closest to like quote-unquote traditional thrash metal, speed metal. This is this is that album. It was, recorded, it was recorded in somebody's garage. Jesus Christ, this album, like, when you hear it for the first time, because, like, this was my first experience with, with like, this le- era of Metallica, because as a kid, you know, you know, I, when I grew up, the Black Album had come out, Loaded, Come Out, Reload, all that stuff. So I had heard that stuff, the radio stuff, and then I listened to this, and I was like, holy shit, not only is this heavy, this is fucking fast, and just James Hetfield's, like, just vocals at the time were just... Oh my god, just kicks your fucking ass. Does it not? I mean... I was gonna say, was I the only one that just like really likes this album? I mean, what's not been said about Kill Em All, you know? It's, it's got a great not, cover. That it's not got, been said. It's got a great cover. Uh, it's got a good track listing. There's not really any stinkers. It's, no, it's, no. It's, um... What I would say is it's one of their uh, tighter albums. It's it's real like like Wade was saying. There's there's not a, a real stinker of a track on here. Everything's really concise. They really like they narrowed down their track list and they nailed every song. Yeah, but um, I was gonna say crap. I was gonna say something. I was gonna say something really good, and then I lost it because Joe had to go and say something profound. Yeah. Uh, so, so as far as like top tracks on this song or in this album, I mean, Motor Breath is my favorite song on the whole album. It's really good. I love the style of it. I love the, I love the, the flow. I love the drums. The drums are the best part. Just that galloping kind of thing that Lars does. It proved Lars could actually play. Like yeah, it's one of the play. one of the few songs that does that. Yeah, like like he he wasn't a one trick pony like he usually is. Um, Four Horsemen, which is a reworked version of a demo song called uh, Mechanics, which was later put on uh, the first Megadeth record. So if you want to have some fun, listen to Four Horsemen, then listen to Mechanics and see you know obviously lyrically lyrical lyrically tongue tied, they're very different. But when you listen to the actual music, you can hear, you can, you can definitely hear the tweaks that Four Horsemen did. Personally, though, as much as I like this album and I like that song, 
prefer the Megadeth version. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, and of course, Jump in the Fire. Uh, probably one of their more. This was like their. I, I think this was like as close to like melody as they were huh. probably willing to go. This with is the closest thing to a. This is the closest thing to a slow song, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still fucking fast. Well, I guess pulling teeth is kind of slow at times. Yeah, but that's a bass solo. You can't yeah. you can't hold anything mm. like that against it. Yeah, you, but, can't, um, you can't have a fast speed bass solo. It would just sound like... Also, also fun fact, there is a great... Um, not technically, but just it's good. Uh, there is a great cover of Jump in the Fire by Didi Ramone out there. If you go in on uh, YouTube or something, you can find it. I highly recommend you check it out. It's a very it's very interesting, we'll say to to say the least. <clears throat> yeah, so how I did it for my own stuff, I did a favorite track and a least favorite track. Alright. <clears throat> Mine was Four Horsemen. I just love I love that midsection, you know, where they had that cool guitar. That riff is so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess since you already talked about it, Whiplash. I didn't talk about Whiplash. I know Whiplash. You didn't talk about Whiplash, but since you talked about Four Horsemen, I'll say Whiplash. Okay, you you talk about whatever you want. If you want to repeat, go ahead. So my least favorite song. It's your podcast, baby. That's our podcast. No, 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 I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying it's just as much yours as it is ours. You talk about what you want, baby. Uh, my least favorite song, and it's not, it's not a bad song at all. Phantom Lord. Yeah. Same. Same. I, I, I love the song, but compared to the other ones, and that's, and and then no offense to, to, to whoever in the band wrote it, but like it's kind of sad when I prefer a bass solo. No, it's, it's like it's cool. It's a cool song, but it's just not um not the not the best of all of them. Yeah, it's the weakest one on a very. It's a very strong album. Yes. Yeah. Um, strong as far as far as quality and as far as just aggression, yeah. anger, and full blown testosterone. Well, here here's the here's what I think is the the easy like like the easy argument is you guys already talked about four or five songs as some of your favorites we all pick the same least favorite and then i'm gonna pick seek and destroy as my favorite oh <laughs> yeah pick. uh because it, it's it's the song that that like revs me up like the most out of all of them uh like that just the opening riffs it's just it's so iconic oh yeah and yeah and just it's it's I think this era of uh you know this era of Metallica like personified. And not only that, but it's like such a simple song, yet it does so it kinda it it was kind of walk, like Pantera's walk before walk was a thing. How like you got something so aggressive yet theoretically so simple, you know, to where it's like it doesn't need to be technical, it just has to hit. And I it think also- it does. And also, I mean, I wanted to limit it to three songs for myself because I'd be going on for days. But Metal Militia, I mean, what a way to close the album. I will say, um, <clears throat> on top of Seek and Destroy, it does have that great kind of Sweet Home Alabama, like, homage in the middle. 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Also, we since we named every other song, No Remorse is great, too. <clears throat> we literally named every song just now. Yeah, we yeah. did. Because yeah. what's it, eight, nine songs on the record? Oh, no. We left out one song, Hit the Lights. Oh, shit. <clears throat> and that's a great opener. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. this is quality. I'm just going to say, now that it, Hit the Lights was mentioned, you're talking about an album with, like, a quality sandwich made of quality bread with quality meat, quality lettuce, quality cheese of music. Just all together. It's a satisfying sandwich of music. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like... The only way it gets better is if the production's better. Yeah. And that's it. And that would lead yeah. us to... A year later... Yeah, a year, a year later, July 25th, 1984, on... The final release on Megaforce, Ride the Lightning. Holy shit. You talk about a step up from an already great album. Now you've got an an even better album. And it's weird. It's only been one whole year, and they have this material, but it sounds like they've taken years to own the craft. Maybe it's the production value. They own the production value a little more. And not only that, but I mean, like, you know, because they had been touring um, Kill 'em All. And yeah. even before Kill 'em All was released, they were touring. But they were touring before Kill 'em All. They were touring for Kill 'em All. They were writing a lot of this material on the way they were probably, like, playing it and fine tuning it at shows, much like how they do now when, like, they're working on a song. Mm-hmm. They'll play it live, like, as an untitled track, or they'll give it a fake name until it's ready, you know. Um, they were doing a lot of that. And I think that's why it was there, because not only was the polish in the studio there, but you could definitely tell when they got these songs that, like, they had really worked on them. And they had really, like, you know, got them to, like, their most perfect form, like, as good as they could possibly get them before going into the studio. And, um, I mean, I think they fucking nailed it on this album. There's not a song on here. There's not a song on here. I know some people like to shit on Escape, but I think there's, like, not there's not one song on this album that you can't put on and and just you know just especially if this is your first time be listening to it being just absolutely just blown away and if you have listened to it just you know having a good time i'll just say making picking a least favorite was like pulling teeth can i uh add on to like the step up in quality real quick I think yeah, there's your podcast too, baby. I think there's a couple things. One, Kirk Hammett's now in the band, and he's bringing in song ideas, or at least riffs, yes, and solos. Yes, because all these songs would kill them all were all from the Dave Mustaine era. Yeah, and one from this album is from Dave Mustaine, but this has contributions from Kirk as well. Yes. Secondly, it, they. I think Kill 'em All, much more low budget, never been in a studio really before. Now you do it a second time. They have the, I think they have the same producer, Fleming Rasmussen, I want to say. Not five times fast. Um, and they've been in a studio before. I think they even went over into Europe to record it. I think they recorded it in like Sweden or something. Actually, I think it was in Denmark. I think it was in like Lars's, like where Lars is from. Is somewhere over there. I guess they got studio time a little cheaper, but they they come in and just nail everything. 
But um, oh. so you go into the the track the tracks. I mean, my favorite song, and I and I'll I'll I will fight anyone who tries to tell me it's not the best song on the album. Trapped under ice. Is that not one of the best songs mm. that they've ever done? <clears throat> that is. It's not. It's not my favorite. Yeah. <clears throat> I will yeah, say this isn't, this isn't part of your podcast anymore. I will say um, that this album. I've listened to this album, I mean, the first time I listened to this album was like 13, so I'm 30, so that's like 17 years. I always revisit this album, and it always is still the best, one of the best records, metal records I've ever listened to. Oh, still. <clears throat> like, it doesn't... Without question. It's not like it's like, oh, you listened to it back then, you thought it was the best thing yeah. ever, and you listen to it now, and you're like, eh, it was alright. It doesn't, this album doesn't age, and, yeah. and it's not a discredit, like... Scott's favorite is Trapped Under Ice. You can literally pick any any song. Yeah. On record. Yeah. Like and, uh, and I have that. two. I, I got two that favorites. is a great song. I got two favorites, and they're probably two of the most iconic songs from the record, um, which would be uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Yes. And oh. Fake Black. Yes. I mean, you can't. Like you said, picking up there's not there's no way you can pick a bad song. I mean, yeah. Even, the, even go, the instrumental is great. You know, you got "Ride the Lightning," you got uh, "Trapped Under Ice," "Creeping Death." Like it's just it's banger after banger. And like I said, my least favorite is technically "Escape." Same. But, oh, but it's Escape, like "Fire with Fire." That's my the favorite. Intro. Yeah, that's my favorite song because it's like I didn't want to get the title wrong, so that's why I didn't say it. <laughs> Fight Fire Fire. I mean, Trapped Under Ice is my second favorite, but Fight Fire Fire. The fact that like they have this like kind of acoustic guitar, yeah, clean guitar thing, and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen when you hear it for the first time? You almost shit yourself. Because yeah. when that fucking guitar like turn that electric guitar up, it starts rising, and then and then it just starts going crazy, and you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, and with like I was saying with Escape, you put that on yeah. almost any other Metallica record, and it's like the best song on there. I, yeah. I love Escape. I love it. And, and Escape that's, has that's, a great intro. A lot of people don't like that song though. It, it's, it's surprising how much back, how much hate that, that song gets. Well, and it's because it's it's like the one scuffed gem in a, in a bag full of perfect <laughs> gems. <laughs> I just I, I was gonna say for the longest time I really that was my favorite, but like. Over time, you know, I've just really grown to appreciate the the ferocity of Trapped Under Ice. It's just like every, it's all great. It's just every song is a plus, but Escape is about an A minus. I mean, that's I mean that sums up the album. Which you know, you mentioned like how it starts off with the acoustic into the heavy song, and you got Fade to Black, the the you know the as close to a ballad as Metallica was willing to give you at the time. We kind of get a duplicate some duplication of, in a sense on the next album it is master of puppets from march 3rd 1986 the first record on electra records aha off camera we had a debate about this and scotty was right no we had it oh, on I, camera we what? had it on camera scott and you thought what? the kill em all was the only mega force record <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, when y'all told me that Ride the Lightning was on Megaforce, I was like, okay, but I think that was that was the last one. And then I was right about that. Fuck it. You guys are assholes. Uh, but this is like, 
Fuck you thought, oh, they, they can't go higher than Ride the Lightning in terms of popularity, iconic. Uh, they did. But the song alone... The song Master of Puppets. Yeah, that song has been played on any, on all music tracks, uh, all music tracks, all a lot of movie soundtracks. You hear the... Now, as far as Master of Puppets goes... I don't like it as much as a lot of people do. Like, it to me just feels like Ride the Lightning Part 2. Yeah. Like, because, you, you know... Got, it's got different <laughs> themes, too. Well, not just that, but it's like... Because for, for me, lyrically, like... Unless the lyrics, like, full-on suck, that kind of concept doesn't usually affect my opinion on an album. For me, it's more like... Like I said before, it kind of felt like a duplication. You know, you've got Battery, which kind of is like this album's Fight Fire with Fire. You've got Welcome Home Sanitarium, which is kind of like this album's Fade to Black. You know, you've got... Orion. You've... Yeah, you've got Orion, which also, one of the things I don't like about it is the fact that it's not the last song, it's the next to last song, which I don't agree with. The problem, um, with Meta- the problem with these like Metallica albums are like the early ones. I keep forgetting there's a last track because of the, that. Like Metal Militia, I keep forgetting it's a song that's on this record on Kill 'Em All. Same with, uh, well, not Kill, Kill, Call of Cthulhu, uh, but this one too. I forget Damage Inc is here. Yeah, you know? Damage Inc is all right, but it's just like it's one of those songs that like when you're listening to it, you're in it. You're like, fuck yeah, this is one of the best Metallica songs ever. But once it's over, you don't really think about it. It's more of a song that I skip. I, I like it more than you guys. So in other words, you just so in other words, you just stop the album after Orion. Because I think Orion is a more higher note. I think. Well, no, no, no. It's just, but no, it's just you say you skipped it. So like at that because of the last song, you would just turn oh. the album off. Uh, I feel a little differently about this album than you do, Scott. I don't. No, think no, no. Make no mistake. I do like it. I still do like it. I don't think. I think it's a duplicate on the, you put this track here, you put this track here, but I don't think it's a duplicate when it comes to themes. No, 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 no. I'm talking about... It also about- sounds, the songs also sound thicker, like, the, like the, the guitar, the bass on the guitar, on the regular rhythm guitar is a little heavier and chunkier. Well, I think uh, they added a third guitar track. I also think they added little things, like, uh, they... I don't know. I feel like their production quality got a little more tighter. If they could ever get, if they could get any tighter, it got tighter. Yeah, like I said, especially yeah. when you listen to like "Welcome Home Sanitarium." To me, that sounds a little bit more tighter than "Fade to Black." But it's not a better song than "Fade to Black." I think "Fade no. to Black" is my top five favorite songs of Metallica. But "Welcome Home" is actually one of my favorite songs yeah. on Master of Puppets. But it still feels like it's a little step up in quality. Yeah, quality. But at the end of the day, it's more for me, for me personally, quality don't mean shit as far as studio or recording quality. It's more about the quality of the songs. And I definitely think the quality of the songs is there. But like, I I don't know, like just part of that, like, like, like I even accused uh, Black Sabbath of that, too, because like once you got, um fucking um planet caravan it seemed like the third or fourth track on every black sabbath album that was their 
their slow song, their ballad. Yeah, well, Joe. And I think that's kind of what they did here. Joe, what's your thoughts on the album before we go to the tracks? Um, I think just like how Ride the Lightning is like the next step from Kill 'Em All, I think Master of Puppets is the next step from Ride the Lightning. Uh, I don't like Master of Puppets as much as I like Ride the Lightning. I think I think the songs on Ride the Lightning outdo uh, the totality of the songs on on Master of Puppets. Like, there's certain songs that that are like you know easily like top five Metallica songs on Master of Puppets. Yes, but I think the lower end of the spectrum on those on that record is lower than Ride the Lightning. It seems like the second half of Master of Puppets is the weaker of the two. Of the yes. two halves. I was gonna say Disposable Heroes, Leper Messiah, uh Orion. Orion, which is good, but Call of Cthulhu is better. Yeah. I like Orion more than Call of Cthulhu. Oh. Um and I didn't know it was possible to be wrong on this podcast, but apparently it is. I'm just kidding. Speak for yourself, buddy. Um but I'm speaking for the world, baby. Like I like Disposable Heroes a lot. The song's just way too long. Um, yes, yes. Because every, every Phantom Lord, it's it's such a great like. Each section's fine, but they have to repeat it two or three times. I'm like, not everything has to be a chorus, guys. Um, <laughs> you know, you could like leave things as verses. But uh, Leper Messiah was my least favorite really? out of the whole album. And I like Damage Inc. a lot, actually. I think it's a fun, fun song. It's like a, it's not like a, a spectacular song, but it's it's one of those ones that when it pops up in a set list, yeah, every once in a while you you pop for it. Oh, oh, yeah. without question. When I listen to, like I said, when I listen to this album and that comes on, like I'm fucking stoked. I'm just saying it's one of those songs where like it's great when you're listening to it, but I just don't really think about it. With when I talk Metallica songs, when I'm not listening to it, yeah, and and that's obviously the first half is the best. Yeah, um, you know, because I mean, Battery's my favorite. Oh, Battery was my favorite. Is my um, favorite too. Just because, hey, just because I said it, it felt like a duplication of Ride the Lightning. Don't mean I didn't like it. In um, fact, both those songs are my on my top three. Yeah, and then you have Master of Puppets right after it. That is fantastic. That is my favorite song because it's already epic in the whole like the the heavy part, but once they go in that middle part where they go into the kind of the clean guitar with that awesome solo, that oh, yeah. guitar melodic guitar solo, that to me is what puts the cherry on top. That's what makes it the most epic fucking song. And then you get into the chants uh, at the end of it, of the yeah. solo and everything. And also that, that chorus, that chorus, the master, master, and then it just keeps going. Like, oh my god, that's such a... And of course at the end with uh, that great, ho, 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 a big laugh at the end. Oh, kind of like your laugh on Della Morte. Yeah, oh my god. Where do, you think I, where do you think I got the idea from, Scott? Job of the Hut. <laughs> But um, but wait, you say the master was really good. Yes, it was so good that Anthrax sampled it for "I'm the Man." Oh, but my least favorite song is uh, "Damage Inc." After Ryan, I was like, I don't care about this song. 
you know? And the thing that should not be is really good, too. Yeah. It's probably the most unique song of this whole album. That song, could... that song is the closest to, like, if there was, like, a, if there was a prediction for where they were going. Uh, where they were going, not on the next two albums, but like in their mid nineties. Yeah, it gets. The, we, I I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, it, it it does have like this is the first album that you see it. Like you'll start seeing signs of what's to come. Oh, this is also uh, Cliff Burton's final record. Yes. Because that yeah. leads us, he he tragically he died die on the tour for this album. Yeah, on that in nineteen eighty six, and. Uh, they had to find a replacement, and they did. And Jason Newstead, and they decided, we're going to make a new album. So they do. In 1988, which is August 25th, 1988, on Electra Records, and it's dot, 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 and Justice for All. Yes, the most underrated of the first four Metallica records. I'm going to be real with you. This record did not age well with me. Is it because of the lack of bass? No. Because uh, by the way, I um I have to be uh, honest. I do not listen to the version on Spotify or the the one Metallica released. I only listen to the ones with enhanced bass you because would think, that is the only fair thing to do. You think you would think the remastered version would have better bass? They they came out and they say they don't change any of the records as they were released. Because it's a snapshot of their history at that time. They could release an alternate version. Yeah, I, that's my thought. Is you could have done both versions, made it. A how record. about this? Instead of a bunch of demos and stuff like that, release it as a two disc set. You can have the original release yeah. and the version with the ba- with bass. That's what uh, I was thinking, but you know, it's Metallica. They're gonna do what they want to do. I still, also... I think deep down they just don't like Jason Newstead. Uh, well, my issue with the album is. Is I think it's a step down in quality, in production quality. Uh, I songs, agree with you on that. Uh, it, it I sounds a little more uh, the ba- maybe it's because the bass is not. I don't think the guitars are mixed as well. I think the guitars don't have that epicness of like what Ride the Lightning and Master Puppets kind of capture. Well, um, I'm actually kind of glad it doesn't. It feels like I said. It kind of feels like it feels like something new. It feels something. To me, I think one of the reasons I liked it is because compared to the three albums before it, this album feels so much more fresh. Uh, if anything, you and me are going to clash on this record, Scott. I think this record is too long. Yes. I think every no, my thing, record. I will, my, I will grant you that. If you're not in the mood for a long listen, don't the, listen to this one. But the problem is none of the songs are short. The shortest song is 5 minutes and 13 seconds, which is the last song on the record. There's no reason these songs have to be this long. I feel like there's a reason why they went the Black Album is because they couldn't do anything past this. I felt like it was like you know how you know how wrestlers are like, I want to do an Iron Man match. This is what this record is. I want to do the longest songs possible. And I think that deters that hurts a lot of the songs. A lot of the songs, like I'll be real. The shortest straw does not need to be six minutes and thirty six seconds. 
See, I can't hate because I do appreciate long songs. And like right, and all one of the bands that can pull off a longer song if they oh, so do. It's not that we don't think that, Scott. It, no, 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 no. I know every, where you're coming from. It's every song. No, no. I definitely see where you're coming from. I'm just saying, compared to other bands who do longer songs who really can't and shouldn't, at least if you're going to get an album full of long songs, at least you're getting it from a band who can do it well. Like, you know what I mean? I'll be real, on this record, I listened to this record, I listened to it twice, because I was like, there's no way that this that record did not age as well with me. I have to re-listen to it. It still feels the same. Yeah, it's. If I had a pick, I'd say their four best songs on the record should just be an EP. Well, honestly, Actually, like, it could have been a full it still could have been, been a full <laughs> Yeah, like, to me, like, the best songs are... Well, I can't say they're in the first half because one's in the last half. Uh, but like, other uh, yeah, than forgetting about the best song on the whole album, Blackened. That's one of the songs. That's one of the songs. I mean, I mean dude, this is Much their the best. best this is their best opening song to any of their albums. But you know what? It was. It was the best was their, intro song. I mean, it was their first song. That's why I was like, maybe you shouldn't have put first. This is like that's the best song on the album. One of them. One well, of no, them. It's just, it's just, it's just, you know, like take it away from the album and just listen to it on its own. It's really good. It's really heavy. It's really aggressive. You know, you really get this sense of like apocalyptic. You know, like lyrically, you get this apocalyptic visual. It's super um, fast. It's super fast. It's super heavy. It's just when you hear a name like Metallica. This is what you think. If you've never heard Metallica and you heard someone tell you, listen to this metal band called Metallica, this is the kind of shit you imagine you're going to hear. And I think I think this album was a great way to start off. And like I said, by itself is one of their best songs. Um, also, I think Freight Ends of Sanity is one of the best songs they ever did. Ever. It's so good. It's got a great, great riffs, great grooves, great lyrics. I think it's one of their best. And um, I'm a sucker for a really long song. I think And Justice For All is really good, too. Uh, and Justice For All is probably... I mean, obviously, I could have picked one, but one is going to be number one for everyone. I think... Justice. I think And Justice For All is my favorite. It's nine minutes, but it changes things. It changes rhythm sometimes. It, it, it keeps you interested. Also, that fucking... Where it start, where that one part where it starts, where it's like it was just the drums, the and then the guitar kicks in. Oh my god, that's one of the best moments on the whole album. And a great riff too. My least favorite song is "To Live Is to Die." It's such a waste of time. I like that song. It's nine minutes and forty nine seconds of instrumental. I like it too, but even I gotta admit, on an album, on an album like this. Also, if I had to pick non-instrumental, the shortest straw is just to me. Just oh fuck you! It's just there. I like it. It's or, like most of the songs on here. I I wish it was shorter. Like uh, I, the Eye of the Beholder is okay at best. I, no, I love Eye of the Beholder. Yeah. Harvester of Sorrow. Well, I'll say this: if I, I don't had, like Harvester of Sorrow. The, that's, oh really? That's no, really. What? I, first of, I think it was a mistake to make it a single. Um. Uh, I believe it's the lead single. The single did have a great cover, though. Well, 
I said, but the single for Harvester of Sorrow did have a really bitchin' cover. Like, if I had a But it could have been a better song. I'm just saying, saying, give credit where credit's due. They never picked a great cover. Did it not? Back in not one of the singles. But you're missing my point. Fuck the song. The sleeve was bitchin'. What happens on this record, and admittedly, like, the record on a whole is a much better quality than what I'm going to compare it to, but it's like these periods on load and reload where it's just a bunch of songs. None of them stick out. And like, for me, like I like blackened one's one of my favorites on it. Oh, who, who doesn't love that song? But like, like I like, I have the beholder and there's a couple other ones, but like, uh, there's a whole chunk and it's probably like 20 minutes in real life. And like, Di- like Dyer's Eve is like it's not. I think you're right. Like when you have Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning and Kill 'Em All, every single song is pretty much iconic, and you know them. But these, they're yeah. they kind of blend. It's a very cohesive record. I'll give them that. It's probably the most cohesive record they ever put out. But that I don't think that really helps some of these songs. None of them. A lot of them like just become like, oh, what song am I listening to? What song is this? Especially in the last half. The last half is where you're really hitting it. But if I had to make this a five-song EP, I would put Blackened, Injustice for All, I Have the Beholder, One, and Harvester of Sorrow. Wait, you the, do realize time length-wise, that's still going to be a full length. I'm just saying, if I had to... It's a full length. If I had to cut this record in half, those are the songs, the rest of the songs are like... It's also like a fact that would I hear this band play it live? Like, after albums later, you know, you have to put some, like, you know, you always have to put uh, For Whom the Bells Toll. You always have to put that on there because that's an iconic song. What on And Justice for All would you put on that set? It's just black. black one, one, black end. That's it. Yeah. Mm. I just wish <laughs> Martin <laughs> would have gotten their heads out of their asses and actually worked with Jason on this one. I think that's another problem, too, with this record is the fact that it this of all the records, this was the James and Lars show. And you know? Well, and and what's problem- interesting is, like, I hear that Jason did a, you know, fantastic job with his bass tracks, but you don't and hear they didn't them. Use them. But you can't hear them. It felt like uh, in 1988, they were kind of <clears throat> they were kind of sometimes directionless, it seems. Like, it just seems like they were just like... I think it was mostly because Cliff died. It really fucked him up a little bit. And also, Jason Newstead's not that in, in the band as much. I feel like they were almost on autopilot. Well, they refused to... The problem is, they refused to accept Jason until it was too late. Yeah. They really refused to accept him. They were so up, and, and, and rightfully so, because he was their friend and everything, but they were so up Cliff's ass after he died, that they were not willing to, like... Like, honestly, it it probably would have been in their best interest to just to just have, like, I guess, Kirk play bass. Also with... Uh, or, or, or be a trio, or get a new guitar player and have Kirk play bass. Because they were never... Like I said, until they finally got their head out of their asses, which, again, it was too late. You and, may, you may and, make James bass. Because why would you have Kirk not be a guitar? Because Kirk's not allowed to write solos. Not yet. Not but that's yet. What, no. But I'm 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 thinking at the time because well, Kirk my, was allowed to write solos. Well, my um, issue is like 
I see where they're going with this album. The album feels a lot. There's a lot less treble. There's a lot more bass. It's very not not the instrument bass, but a lot on the guitar end. It's very chunky, and it really is a precursor for the next album on how they get this chunkiness. This kind of like this heavy. Like it feels like a fucking sledgehammer hitting you sometimes. I think at the end of the day, I think they wanted to make a more prog album and just maybe weren't able to do it as well as they hoped they could. They didn't have a producer to tell them this is the way to go if you want to change things up, which they do on the next record. They got Bob Rock, who's a pretty famous, you know, producer. Uh, I didn't look yeah, up. Yeah, well, no, no famous for this. No, he's done other things. No, I know he has, but it's like, but did he do Doctor Feelgood? I think yes, he, he, he did. Uh, they decide, okay, we're gonna do something totally different. They're gonna basically scrap a lot of things. So, on August twelfth, nineteen eighty, nineteen ninety one, on Electra Records, they released a self titled record, but we consider it the Black Album. See, based on the cover, because it's the logo and the uh, the snake. The snake I always assumed they wanted it to be called Don't Tread on Me, but then they're like, no, 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 we're just going to self-title this. Because self-title oh, albums sell more. I feel, like, I feel like the snake was a last-minute choice on the album cover. No, no, I'm actually a I think they wanted to call it Don't Tread on Me. And then they decided against it at the last second. Well, good, on, now, good on them, because it would not have aged well. Now, fun thing about this album, I don't know where I saw the footage, but I saw this clip of uh, it was um, it was um, Christopher Guest and Michael McKeon in their Spinal Tap get-ups talking to Metallica. And he says to, uh, I think it's to James, maybe Lars, he's like, now, when you guys were working on this album, where did the idea of a black album cover come from? <laughs> Which I thought was, like, the funniest thing. I just wanted to bring that up because I don't know when I'm ever going to get a chance to bring that up. I think it could have been a, a SNL thing. I don't know, but I just thought it was—I just thought it was really funny because I'm just like, yeah, James, where'd y'all get the idea for a black all-black album cover? This album uh, is their first record to go number one, and, and it won't be their last. And this is like a song. This is like the first. This is where it starts. Uh, I feel like this is the the step in the direction they had to go. They had to go in this direction. They can't go faster. They can't go longer. They had to strip it down a little bit. And I feel like, like, you know, not go back to roots, but they had to really kind of punk rock this album a little bit where they'd say, let's take away the fucking frills. But let's, I think Bob Ross saw, Bob Ross, Bob Ross. (laughs) Bob Ross, we're going to record a happy little album right here. Bob Rock saw Metallica was like, okay, they're kind of like, a coal that has little diamonds showing, but let me fine tune this to make it into a diamond. Let's, let's take all the good things, take away all the kind of things that are not aging well and not, they can't go any further and make them into, what's the word I'm looking for? Sell out. Greatest hit. Like a hit. They make them all hits. They're not selling out. I don't think I hate the word sell out. Because I mean, this was the logical step they had to no, go. No, they didn't. No, they. I don't think they sold out on this record. I think they sold out on the next record, which we'll get into. Uh, and also doesn't. I think James Hetfield would agree with you. <clears throat> like it just. 
Because they never lost their heaviness. They never lost on the Black Album. They never lost their heaviness. They never lost their edge. None of these songs, let me put it this way. None of these songs, in my opinion, except for like Nothing Else Matters, would feel out of place. It none of it feels out of place com- to me. I also think prior. I also think it's probably some of James's best lyric writing. Yeah, except uh, except uh, nothing else matters. I hate that fucking song. I love that song. It's not good. I don't like it. It's clearly a ballad written by a guy who's never written a ballad. This is where they're like, this is it. This is, this is their the, final four. Them and their this, final four. This is the silver tuna. This is what they've been working towards. Like, Injustice for All was the... Pre- I feel like they had to do Injustice for All to get here. That's why I feel like Injustice for All feels like a stepping stone to get here. <clears throat> that's, a, and, that's a fair statement. And I, they have... And they have, and I feel like James Heff, James Heffa, Jason Newstead, I feel like he put more into this. Well, yeah, because Bob Rock was kind of like, probably what like, yo, guys? we got to actually have a base on this guy. Yeah. You, you're, <clears throat> you're paying him. You hired him. You might as well use him. Uh, and this is uh, my favorite song on this record is The Unforgiven. I, I mean, think, it's, it's really good. I think this is like, <clears throat> also, it's number four on the record. Which one was number four? It's your ballad. It's your ballad Welcome song. Welcome home, sanitarium. Fade the black. Well, no, nothing else matters. Is the uh, is the is the ballad on this one? I don't know, I Scott. Say, they have two ballads on this one. Well, I'll say, <laughs> the Unforgiven is like their ballad slash heavy. That's song. a power ballad. Yes. That's a fucking power ballad. That's not. No, no, no. Fucking, fucking. Uh, uh, nothing else matters. That's a ballad. That's a straight-up ballad with a tiny bit of heaviness. No, fucking Unforgiven is a power ballad. You listen to that one, it's like, it's still soft, slowering and everything, but goddamn, you could still pump the fist a little to that one. You can still bang the head a little to that one. And nothing else matters. It's just it's just battery and fight power of fire if you just take out the electric guitar. My least favorite song on this record you is... Use your words carefully, because I have an idea what I think you're going to pick. I think it's my friend of misery. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's I one think, of the ones I picked. That was yeah, one my, of the ones I picked too. Also, fun fact is the one song that Jason Newstead wrote. Oh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. They're all written by either Lars and Hetfield with a little Kirk Hammett th- thrown in there. But Jason Newstead, his name is only on my friend of misery. But yeah. I love the bass on my friend of misery. What a surprise! But I don't like. I think the song is just not up to par with the rest yeah. of the album. It's still good. Like it, like on any other other record, it would have also, been also. I think the I think the chorus is kind of like a step down. Misery. Yeah. It. It's just not on par with the rest of the record. If anything, my friend uh, Misery would fit really well in Load. Yeah. Like I said, there's there's always this is like from Master of Puppeton. You're going to hear a song on, on a record that's going to clue you in on what the next record's going to sound yeah. like. Uh, Scott, what's your favorite song on this record? Um, so, this is depending on the day or the mood I'm in. Yeah. It is between either, because, uh, not number one, but I also, I've always really liked the song God That Failed. That's yeah, a good song. I always really like that one. But mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's a toss-up between Wherever I May Roam and Of Wolf and Man. Dude, Of Wolf and Man... 
Underrated song. It's underrated. I think the most underrated song on this album. It starts awesome. And then you have the guitar behind it. It has a guitar behind yeah. it. It feels like, like it, it, it feels it like gallops it, a little. Like it's yeah, I wolf. feel like it's it's a wolf chasing you. Uh also the struggle within is so fucking heavy. That's another underrated song on this album, even though it did get a t shirt. So I, I, I don't like it. Really? <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't think it was a good song for this record. Also, let's not forget so those that. are my two least favorite we went over already. What's, what's my friend favorite? of misery and, and the struggle within. What's your favorite, Joe? Um uh, well, I'm a basic bitch, so I love Enter Sandman and Sad But True. Dude, those two songs are iconic. Yeah, so I'm going to pick those two. But I okay. do, like, all the songs, all the way up to... Um, Don't Try like, Don't Me? No, like, the last four tracks on the record. Like, when I was listening back through this, I'm like, okay my worst has to come out of the last four tracks. <laughs> like, cause the whole first section is just great song after great song. Yeah. Including and that that matters. Yeah. And not only that, but the, uh, I think we can agree going back to enter Sandman, the greatest music video moment in the history of music, when the kid's getting chased yeah, by the yeah. fucking semi truck. And right as the bed hit, it hits the bed. James goes, Boom! I think that's the best that part. That is so fucking satisfying. I feel like that's the best moment in the entire record is that moment. Like that's the, the first song, so you know what you're getting into. Like sometimes I'll pop that vi- the the music video on just for the boot, just for the bed getting hit by the semi truck. But I I mean I love Enter Sandman. It's such an iconic song and riff. It's it's super heavy, like. I, again, like for anybody to say this period of Metallica's selling out is way off base, and then you have "Sad but True," which is probably one of the heaviest songs they've ever written. Yes. Period. It's heavy. It, it's 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 one of the heaviest riffs ever written. You just don't you don't mess with it. No, it's good. It was so good. Kid Rock tried to fuck it up with "American Badass." The funny thing is, like you you said, Scott, you're one of your favorite songs. Wherever I may roam. After this album, they decided to go on tour for, like, 100 years. Uh, and cause a few riots, unintentionally. Yeah, like... They're getting injured and uh, touring with Guns N' Roses. Because that like, was a good idea. Playing themselves on, on fire. On paper, touring with Guns N' Roses is great, but when you realize that Axel was a big, massive turd nugget... Uh, so they took, like... So they took, uh, what's this, five years until their next record came out. And boy, and, did it not show. And they, basically, they lost it's their bad. hair. They changed they their, their hair. hair. They lost their, their they lost their will, and they lost uh, their spark, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the, here's the thing about this record. The next, okay, so the next record we're talking about is Load, June oh, 4th, June, June 4th, 1996, on Electra Records. It won number one, because, you know, there's... To me, it's their sophomore record of the mainstream. Well, I and and that's the other thing is like no matter how shitty these albums are, I think all of their albums have sold really well. Like I except think for, except uh, for the later records, but that was more because of the times. Well, yeah, but I mean, but but I mean, well, digitally speaking, every, it's still doing well. Every record they put out since the Black Album, as far as I know, has hit or debuted at one. 
Uh, if you're making it yes, in that Justice all, for All. That's why that's for one. Except for Reload, that got a couple number twos and number fours in some countries. I but, think, honestly, I think some people probably just thought Reload was just a re-release of Load. Uh, Load. I thought it was a remix when I was younger. Like, they lost all their hair, and uh, people thought they sold out. Um, well, no, so, I listened to the record and then thought they sold out. To me, uh, Load has some songs that are probably some of their best written songs, but the rest are just, no. Here, Here's basically what happened with Load, and you can even lump Reload into this thought process as well. They had a, a good EP. Yes. And then they're like, fuck it, we're... We don't write, we don't make EPs anymore. Yeah. We're, we gotta have an album. Let's shit out a couple more songs. Nobody's gonna care. It's gonna sell. Bob Rock will polish this turd and we'll just release it. Yeah, I feel like not, they not had. Here. Not here. Someone, uh-huh. someone, someone jack off so we can take a picture of your jizz and put uh, it on there. I, I, I did a little research. I can actually answer these questions. <laughs> they weren't uh, really questions, but please. Uh, well, first, uh, in a way, the opposite is actually true with the songs. Yeah. They had Load and Reload written, and they were going to put it out as a double record and decided to just, that's too much. That's too much Metallica awesomeness at one time. We'll put out Load first, and we'll sit on these other songs for another year and work on them a little bit, tweak them, and then put those out on Reload. <sighs> Secondly, they were fucked either way. You could uh, say they were hardwired to self-destruct. And and you're actually partially right about the album cover because it's based off a piece by this guy. Uh, his last name's Serrano. He's an artist, and he's known for using bodily fluids. Yeah. Well, both albums are are jizz. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, the second one wasn't. The well, first. Well, it's, I thought both. I would say. If I had to say, on this record, there's probably six songs that are worth it. And there's 14 songs. I wouldn't go that far. I'd say four at most. Um, Well, there's a pocket in the middle. There's three songs back-to-back that are good. Here here you go. Here's a little hint on how I feel about Load. Every other record I wrote notes for starts with best songs. This one started with worst. Um, It took me a long time to pick a best. Go ahead. What's the uh, worst? I picked two. Uh, Ronnie and Thorn Within. Oof. Those are pretty bad. Yes, I, don't, they're, they're, I do not like those songs. the end of the record. And by the way, this is also, I think, the longest record they ever put out. Um, Wait, I thought St. Anger was longer. No. Oh, oh this, this, this one this was because they, they actually had to cut a minute out of the last song. The album. Yeah, this is 70. This is 78 minutes. Yeah, they had to cut a minute out because it wouldn't fit on a, a CD. Yeah. And y'all thought Injustice for All was long. Oh, well, the problem is... The, the problem is... Injustice for All were long. The This is just a punishing record. It's 14 it's songs. It's 14 tracks. And they're um, all like five minutes long, and they and most of them suck. Near the end, it feels like you're getting hit over the head with a two-by-four. There's like a whole period uh, between... Like, cause I'd say, I, Mama, the Jack Bill. I, I would say that Mama oh, said, boy. 
Mama Said was one of my favorite songs on the back half. <laughs> really? But there's a whole bunch of songs before it that, like, all suck. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then all the songs after Mama Said sucked. I don't have much to say about this album, so I'm going to save it to Reload, because what I I feel about Load, I feel about Reload. I'll save it for when we get to Reload. Well, Joe, what's your, out of the songs, what's your favorite track? Um, I had to choose between Ain't My Bitch, and the one I ended up picking was Until It Sleeps. Mm. Wait, wait, don't you mean Ain't My Bitch? Yeah, Like, Ain't My Bitch is such a teaser. Like, it's just like, oh, this is what the record's gonna sound like? Holy shit, I love this. And no. then you hear 2x4 in the ja- house that Jack built, and you're like, oh, no. I so, again, again, the same exact feeling I had with Reload, and I will get to that. I will talk about that as yeah. a whole when we get to Reload. I, I, I liked 2x4. Um, house that Jack built was like, oh, we're in for a long road, and this is where, <laughs> where, where the badness is going to start. The construction of Jack's house is going to take a while. <laughs> and But then you have, like, Until It Sleeps is, is excellent. Yeah. You get, yeah. like, a pocket of and the next King, three songs. And King great. Nothing is great. Yes. And what was it, Hero for a Day is right after that? Hero of the Day. That's my favorite song in the that, whole that's a, Hero. That's a song. Not my favorite. <laughs> Hero of the Day is my favorite. I think I like the song right after Hero. For, I think it's that one or it's two after Hero of the Bleeding Day. Bleeding Me? Bleeding Me? I did like that one. Yeah, Bleeding Me. And then it just it's a whole bunch of suckage. Uh, well, my favorite song is... <laughs> Until Mama Said comes up. Hero of the Day. I think it's lyrically one of their best songs. I think it's the best song lyrically on this album. Like I said, Until It Sleeps, King Nothing... And Hero of the Day. Those three songs are to me. Those are, are the only good songs on this album. Those are the well, those are those three are untouchable in my opinion. I think those three songs are the only songs that you would probably yeah. play live after the, a decade. The uh, what hurts until it sleeps in King Nothing is just how much they're overplayed yeah. on the radio. But uh, if you listen to them in isolation, they are fantastic. Songs. My least favorite song is Poor Twist at Me. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's yeah. Pick one. It's awful. No, I kind of like the out the outlaw torn. I don't. I kind of like it. See, there's songs in here where I'm like, and it happens on Reload too, where I'm like, man, it would have been great if this other band did this song. Also, ain't my bitch is so good. Like I said, like Scott says, no, those three songs are only good songs. Ain't My Bitch is a good song. It's okay, but like those are the three it's are like good, the only ones that are on to me on their level. It's a good like Metallica like attitude kind of song. Which well, is funny because is this a, this a song or the other song that has a song called Attitude? And it sucks, yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As it cuts. Um, I, I should I, point out that I listened to like like I did a brief re-listen to some of the older records but i listened to like all of these in a row like last. yeah i had to this is <laughs> I'm like, half of them so just take that into account that i i was punishing myself through all these songs let's just say i listened to this record and i had to listen to it i listened to them all twice over the week you poor thing i i had to because like cure i don't remember it uh and that's like i said i've listened to it twice and I still don't remember Cure, yeah, Wasting My Hate, uh, Ronnie. Was Fitner on this one? 
What was it? Which one? The fixer on this one? That's oh. Reload. No, that's the next one. Okay. Don't worry, I'll talk about I it. I remember more Reload titles. Like, I don't remember half these songs. I don't remember how they were good. I remember t- my poor Twisted Me, I thought. I only put that as my least favorite because I remember it as poor yeah. Twisted Me for listening to this. Uh, but that leads us to, we might as well go into the next one. Just A year me. later, November 18th, 1997, on Electra Records, they released Reload. Uh, okay, let me, say, let me say what I was going to say uh, for Load that applies to this. Okay, this is a case of you have two completely separate albums that have enough good material on both of them to create one good regular length record, okay? <laughs> but they, you know, hearing what you said about them wanting to release these as a double album, that would have been just as shitty, if not more shitty, than what they did because then you got like all these songs at one time. Or is it imagine? Yeah, at least you could digest the turds before you got more turds in the later year. You can but, get like, ready for that next turd. But seriously, if you cut like if you take like if you took Hero of the Day, King Nothing, Until It Sleeps, uh, Ain't My Bitch, uh, from the first album, and then you combine it with like my favorite three of my favorite songs on this album, Fuel, Memory Remains, and Unforgiven 2, you have a pretty decent fucking record here. God, da- God damn it, Scott. Why did you have to say my three favorite tracks are these? Because they're the only good tracks on the record. Well, but that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you took the four great tra- the four great tracks from Load, took the three from the three from this one, you have a decent record. This would have been a great follow-up to Black Album. Well, I'll say this. Uh, number one, The Unforgiven 2 is my favorite song on this record. Well, it's kind of fitting because Unforgiven 1 was... I, was that your favorite on Black it Album? It was. You're seeing a trend. And uh, I'm just going to say the trend <laughs> ends here uh, for that. Uh, spoiler, it's going to end right here with Unforgiven 2. Yeah. Uh, but I also say the previous album are on this one. But I also say I kind of like Devil's Dance. Hated it. You Next. hate Devil's Dance. Uh, it fucking sucks. Uh, the memory remains. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then you get, uh, I think Marianne Faithful. Oh, no. da, 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 da. Oh, I do not I like that. Hate, I. But I, but I can put up with it based on the rest of the shit. I hate it. But Fuel is one of their best songs. I just feel like you get you get someone to do guest vocals, like someone who's somewhat of a name, and that's what you do with them. It, you thought, know what it felt like? It felt like when South Park got George Clooney as a guest star, and they're like, you're just going to be a dog. You're just going to bark. See, the difference is they have that kind of sense of humor. Scott, I'm going to be real <laughs> with you. Metallica doesn't. I'm going to be real. I thought it was a person from the Lollipop Guild. I thought it was a guy. I thought it was like them doing it, and then they just distorted it. I didn't even know. I didn't know until doing research for this show that there was guest vocals on this. Scott, I'm going to be real. We're talking about the song Fuel. For the longest time, I thought the line, churning my direction, meant it was churning my erection. Like a rock. Like a rock. I'm not good with fuel, diesel. I guess I'm not good at like anything involving cars, song-wise. 
Uh, for the life of me, could not figure out what he was saying at the beginning. It wasn't until like years later I discovered that the line is "Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire." I didn't know what he said. Like anytime I would say it, like if I did it, like because I had done it on karaoke at least once, I, I would just go "Give me fuel, give me fire, give me da 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 da." da. Uh, <laughs> People accepted it. My least favorite song on this record. Oh, oh boy. This was the toughest decision of my life. Uh, <laughs> the other album's the tough decision is picking your favorite. This is like picking, okay, which song was the shittiest? Apparently, yeah, which... things were better than 90s, but not for Metallica. Uh, Bad Seed. And I, I didn't even make a good worst. t-shirt either. What was it? I said that didn't even make a good t-shirt. If you ever look up the Metallica Bad Seed shirt, it looks like shit. Yeah. This oh, song's boy. not good, but Prince it was Charming my worst. Was cl- Prince Charming was close, too. Prince Charming's pretty bad, too. Um, <laughs> As we learned, had, Joe hated Attitude. Uh, I had Fixer. Oh, Fixer. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. Um, Slither was by far the worst. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's like... I'm sitting here, I'm like, what are they trying to do an impression of? You're not Weird Al. Like, stop. Uh, God, that also, song sucked. There's also, one song on here. There, there was a song. I wish I wrote it down. It would have been a great Alice in Chains song. Um, there's one song I'm like... Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Hopefully it doesn't mess up the call. This album has the worst... Some of the worst names of songs. Carpe Diem Baby. Carpe Diem Baby is not that bad. But the, but, but, but the name is awful. Sure. Oh, but the song's all right. Guess what song Jason Newstead? There's only one song that Jason Newstead is credited for writing. What song do you think it is? Well, I'm, I, I'm cheating because I'm already there. Yeah, I'm on it. It was uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Don't I remember think, it. I, You know, that song's not awful. I think that's the one I was thinking could have been a great Alice in Chains. Oh, my God. How do we forget about Low Man's Lyric? It was a low man song. That was yeah. shit. It was. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Slither. You're right, oh, Joe. Better, Slither better than awful. you. Better than you. That that's a. Uh, that's a song. That yeah, was I was song. holding out hope, but yeah. The, see, you have to remember, like the the average of this record is like so much lower for me. Like Fixer and like Slither just bottomed out. I was like, I can't. I'll say, I'll say I this. Can't do this anymore. When you peek at the Unforgiven Two, which is number four of thirteen songs, that's bad. And also, they didn't peak hard because, like, Fuel was awesome. The memory remains, aside from, is awesome aside from, you know, the weird la. And Devil's Dance, I think, is. I don't think it's bad. I think it's it's not. It's sandwiched between good songs. You know, Wade, I'm going to pull a Wade right now. You know, because you were talking about how I feel about ballads. Wade, I'm noticing something. Of all the episodes of Soundcheck we've done, you are a big fan of shit. <laughs> you just seem to like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say Devil's Dance oh, was a great song. Like, what was, like that what was that one episode you did and, 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 and you were like, I like shit. <laughs> And I was like, no, but wait, that's shit. And you're like, I like shit. Well, you know what? I think, hey, I said Devil's Dance is fine. I think I might, I think I might like it more because it's in between Fuel, the, the Memory of Reigns, and Unforgiven 2. 
I think it's because, like, oh, I have fond memories of those songs. That Devil's Dance is not as bad. But once you're past Unforgiven 2, it's all bad. This is going to be funny. So, like, one day, I'm just going to... We're just going to be randomly hanging out. And I'm just going to put on Devil's Dance. And we're going to recognize it. And you're going to be like, what is this shit? That's probably what's going to happen. To be fair, that's probably what's going to happen. You're going to hear it in isolation and be like, this is an awful song. But it's not the worst song. Or the worst album, for that matter. Uh, well, I don't know about that, Scott. I think this is the worst record they've ever done. No! Uh, nope. Well, okay, let's go on to it now. Uh, basically, the sum up reload, it was a reload of shit. Basically, you reloaded the gun with turds. Um, it's Russian Roulette. You had one good bullet and all turds. Uh, so you get to 2003. They made a documentary of this. Jason Newstead is gone from the band. He had enough of this shit. He's going to do Echo Brain. Did he join Voivod at that point? Yeah. He joined, yeah, he joined Voivod at one point, and then he joined Ozzy. Yeah. And then it was a whole thing where he joined Ozzy, but Robert Chihiro Chu joined Metallica, and it looked like they swapped. Yeah. Uh, but I think Robert got the better end of the deal. Uh, he got a million dollars. Uh, June 5th. And his finger was like a pick. Uh, you were in the pocket, man. He's fucking in there. There. Uh, this is also the record I think was written by a therapist. Uh, uh, and the only record to feature Bob Rock, Bob Rock, you all said like, it on the record. You all said Bob Ross. Uh, I did. it's like, and we're gonna put a happy little bass line right in here. This is also the last record on Electra Records. Electra, like, we're tired of releasing shit. Same. We don't need to listen to it because you love shit. St. Anger, I will say, I do like the cover of St. Anger. I think it's a very I, different cover. I love the pop colors. I, don't know. I like, the, yeah, the colors I like. The, here's the thing. I've never seen an album with such a shitty cover that's also at the same time so fucking iconic. Yeah. Like, it's usually, like, it's not iconic for being a bad album cover, even though it is a bad album cover. I think it's also the arm and the thing and the... <sighs> I also think this record is... Uh, it's their worst album cover by far. I mean, Load and Reload, at least there was some artistic kind of quality to it using the semen. But, like, I think this is their worst album cover of all. I don't think so. I think we. I think Load is pretty awful. Um, like I said, I, but at least there was some artistic credibility here. Here, it was just, hey, here's an arm. Put a put a belt around it i think they wanted to go the kill them all route and simplicity they failed uh, I, I like it because it just it stands out you know? uh this record i think this is the only record that i remember that i know of that they're playing in a low in a lower tunage yeah uh, load, and, load and reload they did but this one they get even further they go think, and, like drop c i think it's like d flat i think oh and i'm like oh, okay i think yeah drop c or d flat they go real low on this one yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, some um, kind of it, monster was easily drop c actually in doing my research for this show i actually found out not only was it the first album with bob rock the first album in that tunage whatever i also found out this is the first a Metallica album, and honestly, the first album period that was recorded entirely with cookie sheets as the drums. <laughs> and a, yeah, it's just it looked, it looked like uh, he was watch, like Lars Ehrlich was watching an episode of Doug of D- tr- banging on a trash can. And they thought perfect. 
All he needed was the big suit. <clears throat> also, I'm looking at review scores. So Entertainment Weekly gave it a B plus. Pitchfork, they raked their stuff out of ten. This album got a zero point eight. Because <laughs> Pitchfork probably actually <clears throat> listened to it. But the problem with this song, this album is, there's some good. There's some well-written songs. It's just not recorded good. No, this entire album is a it, is an example of how not to record an album. It, how yes. not to perform an album. This album is how this this album is an example is an example of knowing your quality and timing it appropriately. There is no reason for this album to be 75 minutes. No. No but reason. The problem with this album is this is a they say, let's do Injustice for All. Let's make these songs long. Like, seriously, if you well, just look frantic, St. Anger, Some Kind of Nightmare, and Unnamed Feeling, made an EP out of it. Some Kind of Monster. Fine. Whatever. We'd be fine. Um, Sorry, that's a that's a, that's yeah. a whole other thing. <laughs> uh, this. And the fucked up thing is, if you watch the documentary, there's a lot worse songs they had. Yeah. yeah. My Addiction or whatever. Don't but, here's the thing. Don't listen to the album. Just watch the documentary. Yeah, You'll get so, so much better. more out of it. But yeah. this record, um, it sounds like what the band was going through, which is this turmoil, shit, and, and just a bunch shit. of bullshit. You have guys leaving the band abruptly. There's therapy. Guys, you have therapy. Your your morale's at all time. One guy goes to rehab. Yeah. Like, uh, Lars had his most Lars. Yeah, and it's just... Uh, this is after this Napster. Been, this is right after Napster, too. Yeah, this would have been a great... It would have been a great record to... They, they could have put it together like this, but not release it yet. Like, work on it some more. Maybe scrap some of the... Because it's all it sounds like they're in therapy half the time in the record. And it's just like, you know, maybe we wait and, you know, tackle some of this stuff a little later. Or even just scrap it. Like, just have make a record for the band to try and get back on the same page. Listen to it and be like, yeah, this isn't good enough. Here's a, here's a review. That is a, here's the Pitchfork review that gave it zero point. Here's some excerpts of the review. Lars is playing a drum set considered of steel drums, aluminum toms, programmed double kicks, and a broken church bell. Uh, and then he says that the guitars underwent more processing than cat food. Oh, and uh, no solos, by the way. Oh, yeah. This was the biggest... Uh, Kirk is... I feel so bad for Kirk. They wanted to go really... Re- I understand the method of going... They're going to strip... Like, how they... Went from Injustice for All to Black. How they like, we got stripped down. They the stripped thrill. too much. But they stripped too much. They want to do riff heavy. They wanted to sound like they recorded in a garage, but they sound like they recorded in a fucking tin can. I've heard garage recordings better than this. Fucking yeah, and like the riffs. I mean, there's some cool riffs, but if you record them badly and you process them badly, they're gonna sound shitty. Well, if they wanted to sound like a garage, why didn't they just record it in a garage? I'll just say, my favorite song is St. Anger. Uh, I like the song, how it's written. And I like Invisible Kid, the idea of it. It's kind of punky a little bit. It's recorded badly. 
I gotta grade this album on a curve. I yeah, gotta say, here's the song they could have done. Believe it or not, Invisible Kid's one of my lesser favorite of the songs. Uh, um, my least favorite is Dirty Window. What the fuck is this? See, that's the one I feel the same way you do about Invisible Kid. <laughs> it's like, if it was recorded a little bit differently and less processing, I think that song would have sounded a lot better. Also, I think All Within My Hands has a cool, has potential to be some heavy riffage. Yeah, I like that. There's a bunch of songs, like, it's like, I like pieces of, like, almost every song on here. Yeah. But it's just, like, it's not done yet. I cannot say anything positive. I hate this fucking record. I hate every fucking song. I hate Bob Rock for suggesting they do this. I hate them for going along with it. I hate them for not getting their heads out of their asses to actually make something quality when I know that they can do it. I Scott. just... You talk Scott. about settling. Scott. You talk about a band just settling. Scott, it this doesn't is matter. it. It doesn't matter what you think because it's... My world now, <laughs> my world now. Also, yeah, some kind of some kind of monster is a cool song. Like I think there's some great be. song. There's some, yeah, I'm saying there's some great ideas here. Yeah, it's just not. They're it's not, not there yet, and, and it's and it's. It's they're been being years. Halted. Yeah, they're being halted by the problems they're having, and all that stuff, and well, it's maybe just they shouldn't have recorded an album. Yeah. Maybe That's what I said. Like maybe they could have recorded it and just scrap it, and then you know work on something else. Uh, my favorite song was "Purify." That's a pretty decent. Like I, said, I like that one. Some good songs on there. But the unnamed not... feelings a good one. Um, and the first you know few tracks. The one frantic. Thing, yeah, I love frantic. Except like, I can't forgive that lyric. The, the lifestyle determines my death style. I just can't do it. It's and such I, a dumb, dumb line. And I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that was a Kirk Hammett lyric. It's a Kirk Hammett line, yeah. So it makes me think, maybe Kirk shouldn't be writing songs. <laughs> no, to be fair, on this album, nobody should have been writing songs. Even the therapist is getting in on it. It's just weird. Like, And it sounds like... Wait, you weren't kidding about that? Yeah, the therapist is in writing, kind of the writing sessions. On the documentary, he even tries. What was what was the rec, what was the name he wanted to name the album? He kept highlighting it. What the fuck was it? It was the theme of their like therapy sessions too. Um, I don't know. He even like wanted to suggest like guitar riffs or something. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. It's, I I didn't think any of his shit actually made it because I mean again. It's the largest show. I, I, I didn't say how much of it made it, but I do know he was making suggestions and he was involved in the right, like it was group writing sessions yeah. and they were taking pieces from everybody. The only part that's why Lars fucking hated. <laughs> my only, the only, the only thing that good that came out of this record was the documentary. I agree. The documentary so is actually a really good documentary. And it also led to the end of Bob Rock. And I think I think the do, the the documentary was a good part, and getting Rob Trujillo towards the end of it, I think helped solidify the band. Yes, Rob Trujillo was the shot in the arm that band needed. Yeah. Rob Trujillo was a breath of fresh air. I it think makes me think they, maybe it would be a different vibe if Robert was playing bass on this. They couldn't re-record the bass. 
they're probably already behind on their deadline and all that stuff. That's probably yeah. why they left, you know, Electra left on bad terms. Plus, Wade, they don't remix because it has to capture the spirit of that time. And apparently yeah. that time was total fucking shit. Yeah, see, uh, this is another record they talk about when they re-release it. It's going to have the ten drums. So, five years later, they're like, oh, we had enough of this shit. So they do in September twelfth, nineteen. Uh, sorry, September twelfth, two thousand eight. Warner Brothers label, produced by Rick Rubin, Death Magnetic. They're like, oh, we got it. Let's get Rick Rubin. He could probably steer us in the right path. I don't think he did. I, yeah, he lo- I, I really like this album. The I problem is the hype on this record was through the roof. My only problem with this record is it's a little overproduced. Yes. And I would definitely agree with there. But if you look into stuff Rick Rubin's been doing in the last, like, 15 years, it's not out of place for Rick Rubin. It's just out of place for Metallica. Yeah. Uh, he's gotten that criticism, like, in albums, a few albums prior and then afterwards. Uh, I think he was uh, – because he worked on the Black Sabbath record, 13. Yes. And uh, he got – it got the same criticism as well. I think it's just – Rick Rubin's style in the later in these last uh, two decades, in the last twenty years. Um, well, all he does is sit on a couch. That's all he does. He's like, uh, let me let me rest. I feel like he's like uh, Dwayne. <laughs> now, what's this, what's the guy that wanted the big the big spider for Superman? Oh, uh, um, John Peters. John Peters. Like you know, like if you watch that like, Kevin Smith uh, like stand up or whatever. He's like doing that thing like what directors do, where they make a bot like a frame and with their fingers. Yeah. I well, feel like I that's Rick him, Rubin. Well, I think for him it's more he's I think he's deep down, I think he's just trying to like put himself in the listener's perspective and be like, yo, if I was just some dude putting on a Metallica record, would I fucking like this? Yeah, and no, he always, I mean I do think he's a little physically lazy in that regard as well. Well he he um I mean he's been noted for not being super hands-on and i mean why would you need to yeah with metallica you saw what happened on their last record so what he does is you know he's not there every day he's not listening to it every day so he's not as close to the material yeah and i think that ultimately helps when he comes in he goes Oh yeah, that sounds good, or that sounds like shit. Like you need. And to the thing is, is like, even though he's known for Def Jam and everything, I mean, he's known for working with metal bands too. He worked with Danzig, he worked with Slayer, he worked with Anthrax. I believe American Recordings was his label. It was, uh, off of as an offshoot of uh, Def Jam. Uh, Def Jam, because originally I think it was called metal band Def stuff, Jam, and then it became American Recordings. I think something, something like that. It gets weird. Um, like but yeah, it's not like he's out of his element as far as metal goes. And I do agree, it has a little bit of what has been called a very sonic sound. It's over-compressed. Yes. Uh, and, and that's the problem it has. Now, they've since... Um, I don't think they use that version, which is the only album I know of that they do that with. The is thing is, I don't see the overcompressed version anymore. I, the funny thing is, I listen to it on Spotify, and it sounds so much better. Yeah. So oh, yeah, the Spotify version sounds so much better than when you, remember, you bought the album when it came out. Yeah, if you bought the album when it came out, and you have that CD, listen to the songs on that compared to the Guitar Hero. And the Guitar Hero one sounds so much better. And they ended up using those versions of all the songs. 
later and on. And I think the only reason they did it that way for Guitar Hero was to um, to better, better better fit the controls of the game. Yeah, and you're also hearing all the instruments. Yeah, which well. actually... So, so we actually have Guitar Hero uh, and Activision, or whoever owned Guitar Hero at the time, we have them to thank for this album sounding better, getting a better version. But I, like I said, I really enjoy this. I think this was as close to a combination of pre- and post-Black Album Metallica that you could get at the time. Yeah. To me, um, it's, it sounds like a logical follow-up to And Justice for All. It feels like, a, at the very least, to the Black Album. Yeah. It, Black. it seems like it would have fit in that period much better than Load and Reload. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and, and it's amazing that it happens almost 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. So, on this, my favorite songs... I have two favorite songs. The End of the Line and Broken, Beaten, Scarred, Back to Back. Those two songs. Uh, My least favorite song is Unforgiven 3. Which is so fucking funny! I know. No, I know why you don't like it. Because it's not not Unforgiven 1 with a fresh coat of paint. No, Unforgiven 2. Because that's what Unforgiven 2 was. Well, no, Unforgiven 2... There's they, enough new ideas in Unforgiven 2. No, Unforgiven 2, they take the vibe of Unforgiven and they flip it a little bit to where it's different. It's a different vibe. It's a different story a little bit. But Unforgiven 3, it doesn't do that. And it doesn't feel... It feels like a song that just slapped Unforgiven 3 on the name. And and, and honestly, I, I, I agree. I don't think it needed to be Unforgiven 3. But, like... Because I like Unforgiven 2 I also 2 feel that lot. way about Unforgiven 2. But but the weird but, but at least but Unforgiven Two is still derivative of the first one. Unforgiven Three says, "Let's just it's epic. We gotta make a third one. Let's make it epic, and it's a big old waste of time." And, well, and the thing is, is like it was always intended to be Unforgiven Three, but I don't think it really should have been. I feel I, like they, I feel like they said let's make Unforgiven Three without putting just let's just do it, and they just yeah. didn't. I don't think they put enough thought into it. Uh, and also just does not sound like the two Unforgivens. It just sounds no. like a different song. Like, and it's, and it's it seven have, minutes in. I will say, it does have the word Unforgiven in it, and it does have the lines, never free, never me, so you're Unforgiven. Uh, and well, that's enough, I guess. It's seven minutes and 47 seconds, and if there's anything, there's 30 seconds that are worth it. Um, I don't think it's the worst song. Um, it's certainly not the best. Um, I have two two picks for best as well. What are they? And they are also back to back. It's all nightmare long and cyanide. Those two songs. Are oh, great. love all nightmare long. That's they my are song on fantastic, dude. When I heard all nightmare long, that's the song that got me hyped because I saw the video for it where it's like animated with like the the creature and everything. Mm-hmm. But dude, that rip, that song just—if that doesn't get you fucking hyped, um, do something. Well, here here's my confession: I only heard these two songs from Death Magnetic for years um, when the album came out because of the Guitar Hero game, and uh, I finally heard the whole record for the first time a few years ago. Well, that's how I listen to it a lot because uh, but, I I used to hang out with. Uh, uh, our friend Zach a lot back then, and he he had Guitar Hero with all the songs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think it was like if you had World Tour, you you could get 
Death Magnetic. It was like you could also do it for Guitar Hero Metallica, but it was like the one that came out before it. You yeah. could you could do that as well. And so we did that, and that's how I heard a lot of these songs more than anything back in the day was through Guitar Hero. But those two songs just they're just ass kickers, dude. They just don't fuck around. Yeah, My Apocalypse, I also think, is a really good song. It's a good one. Um, I don't know if it should have closed it, but I definitely was. I definitely really like that song. Broken, Beaten, Scarred is one of my backups as well. Um, yeah, I mean, this is... It's fine. We're finally back to a point where it's like, okay, it's going to be hard to pick a best and like a worst yeah, because all these songs are actually really good. My only we're, we're back at that point of Metallica. Yeah, my only critique with this album, and to an extent, even the next album, is I don't think they're getting the most out of Robert Trujillo. Maybe. Yeah. Then again, like I'm used to his work in Suicidal Tendencies and Infectious Grooves, so like I'm used to like him doing the more funk style. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that could just be a matter of it could be a matter of. Like because it's not funk, maybe I'm not hearing yeah. what he really do, what he's really doing in the true sense. I think he's trying to serve the songs as best he can. So like he's not gonna go into a lot of that style uh, for for this kind of music. He's gonna... oh, and that's to- uh, that's totally fair. Fair. Yeah. To so I mean, that, that's you... what I that's that's my um, assumption from seeing him with Metallica for all these years. Like, could you imagine my apocalypse with funk bass? <laughs> he, he seems to be just kind of, uh, a huge, like support, like kind of member. Like he's, he's like the, uh, literally just the rhythm section. He's, he's the cleric of the party. Like he's there to keep everybody together, everybody on track. He's the glue that keeps it together. Yeah. Brings that low end. Does his little crab walk. Gotta love the Rob Trujillo crab walk. <clears throat> yeah. You don't like Rob Trujillo's crab walk. Get the fuck out. Uh, so that leads into... That, man. That, lead, that was our only record on Warner Brothers. Well, because... With Scott, well, what was your um, oh, favorite and least I, favorite? I, oh, I, I don't really have a least favorite. I mean, if I had to pick a least favorite, it would probably be just the day that never comes. Just because yeah. I think it's a little... Just because I think it's a little too drawn out of a song for one Yeah. I actually really like that song. No. It's a it's a good song. I just think it's um, too long for what it is. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like. Um, oh, and if uh, you're pro military, definitely watch the video. If that don't make you say uh, fuck yeah, America, I just it. I don't know. I really like the day that never comes. I like the the, the lyrics and the themes in it. My least favorite was the Judas Kiss, uh, to be honest. And that's not even that bad. That's not even a bad song. No. Yeah. None of them are really, none of them are bad. Like, the Justice yeah. would have been easily one of the best on any of the last three records. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, it's on Death Magnetic, so it's one of the worst. I was going to say, if, <laughs> if, I can leave, if I can leave Death Magnetic with one sentiment, I think y'all would agree. They had to hit rock bottom to get back up. Fair to say? Yeah. yeah. All right, how are we closing this out? We're closing this out with Hardwired. And November sixth, November sorry, November eighteenth, two thousand sixteen, released on the Blackened label, which I guess is their own label. Yeah, uh, they started their own subsidiary of Warner Brothers after Death Magnetic came so out. So they 
So they did Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Uh, it's a double album. Uh, Uh-oh. It, Red it flags. Comes, it comes, but it's only 77 minutes long. Yeah, so it's, Reload it's, is still longer than this record. Yeah, it's a double record. And and it's and it's uh, and um it's only two minutes longer than Death Magnetic. So hold on, if ro- Load and Reload were gonna be a double album, that means that they would have been a triple album, because Reload was seventy eight minutes. So okay, so I think on this one, since it is a double album, I, I I'm gonna do my favorite songs from both discs, but okay. I'm still gonna count it as the whole album. That's not, okay. That's not, I, I was not prepared for that. I was not prepared. No, for that I just either. did what I'm doing. You can do it however you want to do it. Okay. But um, uh, but before I do that, I just want to say this album, Joe, because we were working together at the same time. It came and, out around my birthday. And we were talking about we were talking about, and then like they start. Remember they started releasing the video a video for each song. That started in like August September. Yeah. Yeah, and we were listening to, it, and you're, and like every time a video would come out, you'd be like, "All right, not bad. That's pretty good." Or or a couple of them, you're like, "Eh, not my favorite so far, but not bad." We Some got, of them, I'm like, the, the video is really cool. But we get to to the song that I'm pretty sure is your favorite. I'm not even going to say what it is. But when we get to the song that I believe is going to be your favorite, you were like, yes, this is what I fucking want out of these guys. And that was the, that was the enthusiasm that I went into when I listened to this for the first album time in its entirety. And I feel the same way about it then as I do now. I think post St. Anger... Honestly, post Black Album, this is the best thing they've put out since the Black Album, bar none, bar fucking none. I mean, you've got like the first, the first disc, the first six songs. You've got you got Hardwired, which is like punk as fuck. Like you talk about a song that encapsulates their influence of hardcore punk. You know, you've got Atlas Rise, which I really enjoyed. Moth into Flame, Halo on Fire. Of this too, you've got uh, "Spit Out the Bone," "Confusion," "Here Comes Revenge." I mean, there's a lot of really good songs I think on this album. What? So, what was your favorite, Scott? So, my favorite on disc, my favorites on disc one were uh, uh, "Hardwired," not necessarily number one, but I just like it because I like the hardcore punk nature. But yeah, so you, so disc one, you got "Moth Into the Flame," which I think is the best song. Honestly, okay, musically, as far as like. Like public, like best song, I think Moth of the Flame is good and Atlas Rise. But this too, you got Confusion, you got Here Comes Revenge, which I really like. But dude, spit out the bone. As far as like just a kick ass song, my personal favorite song. But I think Moth of the Flame is the best song as far as like, con- um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what's the word where it's like you know like as a song, not necessarily my opinion, like. Like quality, talent, what have you, I think is best. Their best written song. Are, are you saying right. like, ob- like you think it's objectively their better? Best objectively, song? their best. That's what I wanted to say. All yeah, right, so that, but I think Spit Out, but Spit Out the Bones, they're my favorite and their best song on this album. All right, so that's Scott's favorite six songs. Uh, my favorite song is Atlas Rise. I love the aggression oh, right. to it. I love the aggression. I love the uh, the breakdown into the solo. Like they do the band, and then they stop, and then they go into like a heavy ass fucking riff before the solo. Yeah. Great. My least favorite song. 
Oh, spit out the bone is great, of course. But I don't have to say anything about spit out the bone. Uh, Man Unkind is my least favorite song on this album. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Also, Halo on Fire is really good. I like Halo on Fire. Uh, man, what was it? Okay, Man Unkind. What's the second one? I was like, eh, I don't know. It was between two. What was it? Oh, Am I Savage. Am, Am I Savage. That was the one. Well, I remember you saying that when it came out. You even said like you were kind of on the fence about how you felt about it. I feel like the first hat, the first disc is much better than the second. No, I I, I definitely agree. Even well, though also Murder One is. Murder Even One was very my favorite song. I definitely think the first disc is stronger. Like Murder One was okay. <laughs> uh, Joe, what's your least and what's your favorite and least? Well, I think each disc, I th- I think they're close to me. I I wouldn't. Everybody says they put the first disc like head and shoulders above the second, and I and I wouldn't do that. I really like Man Unkind. But Joe, uh, shampoo aside, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I know, yeah, Scott, you're right. It's still my favorite, um, is Spit Out the Bone. I knew it, because it's so good. It It's 100% what what I've been looking for in Metallica for a long time. Uh, great riffs. You know, the, the video's awesome. The, you know, the... It's, it's got... And that's one of the things I look for is like that attitude that, yeah. that that Metallica has from their first record on. And this one, I think, Spit Out the Bone, I think, captures that attitude more than any of the other songs. Like, this is probably, since the Black Album, their most inspired record. You could definitely tell that even the lesser songs, you could tell these are all songs they wanted to write. These were, like, fully fleshed out ideas that they thought about, worked on, fine-tuned, and yeah. waited till they were ready. Also, shout-out to... Uh, it was a bonus track, but I just want to give it a shout-out since it never got released proper on a record. Lords of Summer isn't that isn't that ba- isn't a bad song, either. I, just, I listened to it for the first time today, actually. I actually want to mention it. Honestly, the, the deluxe edition version of Death Magnetic, that version is of the song is different than the single. I listened to both back-to-back, there's not much difference, but I do prefer the deluxe edition version better than the single. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so shocked that Lords of Summer is not on the record. Me? Oh, me too. Well, I... You know, and, and they said in interviews that they had 20 songs that for the new record, and they are just paring them down. And they, I think they just decided to go six and six. Um, as opposed to why Lords of Summer wasn't picked over certain songs, I don't know. But uh, maybe it's because they had already put it out. Um, uh, they also... All... Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, in my opinion, uh, like, for me, the, the two that stood out to me as, like, kind of the songs I didn't like that much at, at first were uh, Dream No More. And then like Halo on Fire, but there's a part in Halo on Fire when you start getting into the solo, it just it's it it screams like it gets way better. Yeah. So for me, Dream No More is kind of my least favorite out of all the tracks. Um, I see where people come from for like Murder One, and some of the songs on the second side. I I can't agree with you for Man Unkind. I like Man Unkind a lot. I love the video too. Oh, and now that we're dead is pretty good too. Yeah, now yeah. that we're dead, which is the Undertaker's theme for WrestleMania. 
his entrance. Yeah. So. Can't hate. Yeah. Hey, if it's good enough for Undertaker, it has to be good. Except for Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit. Also, there's uh, on the deluxe edition, there's a great uh, rainbow medley. Yes, that, the was, medley. that was on a. Medley, yeah. Uh, that was on a Ronnie James Dio tribute compilation yeah. that they put on here. And that, again, that's really good. I, I think it's a great, um, it, it, it's proof that like they can do the medleys better. Although I got to admit on garage Inc, the one they did for merciful, the merciful fate medley was pretty good as well. Yeah, it was, it was probably one of the highlights of that first disc. All right, so you ready for the rankings? Ready for the rankings. Who wants to go first? I guess I'll go first. To, sure. So, you know, why not? Okay. Are we going? Are we going ten to one or one to ten? Ten to one. Ten to one. Worst, worst to best. All okay. right. So Let I think some people. the obvious one: Saint Anger number ten, Reload number nine, Load number eight, Death Magnetic number seven. Uh, the Metallica, the Black Album, whatever you want to call it, number six. Hardwired to Self-Destruct, number five. Master of Puppets, number four. And Justice for All, number three. Kill em All, number two. And Ride the Lightning, number one. Oh, That's boy. my pick. Now, oh. now, let's hear, now let's hear from the Malaysian movie hipsters. Oh, what do you my God. Oh, this my is God. Be fun, man. This is going to be want, fun. You want to go, Joe, or you want me to go? I want you to go. Okay, number ten, reload. Over Saint Anger, holy shit! I think Saint Anger has a little better song ideas than Reload. Are, are you sure there wasn't like some kind of weird brainwashing stuff in the version that you listened to? Fuck, I don't know. Uh, if anything, I'm gonna tell you now. I think that you know how they changed Death Magnetic and made it better. I think they fucking degrade it. Saint Anger made it worse. Uh. But I think St. Anger has more potential songs than Reload. Reload had, like, three good songs and all bad. Um, number nine is St. Anger. Number eight, Load. Number seven, And Justice for All. Too no- Number six, Death Magnetic. Number five, Hardwired. Number four, Kill Em All. Number three, The Black Album. Number two, Master of Puppets. Number one, Ride the Lightning. Well, see, because deep down, you hate Thrash. No. Let's be real. You hate Thrash. No, I like Thrash. I just don't think Injustice for All is a good album. No, I'm talking about Kill Em All. I just don't... I think Kill Em All... It's number four. If they only released Kill Em All, I'd be like, it's the best rockin' record. Well, you don't know but, shit. That would have been the only record they ever released. <laughs> Okay, I should I should re re reiterate. If, if the quality of Kill 'em All is on every single record, that's a different story. But the fact that they go to Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets and Black Album on those quality wise, I think it's better than Kill 'em All. But Kill 'em All still number four. It's not like I put it number ten. Okay, so number 10, kill yeah, them all. <laughs> <laughs> like, number 10, kill them all. Number 9, Injustice for All. Number 3, Master of Puppets. <laughs> or, sorry, number 7, Master Number of 1, Reload. All right, so number 10, Load. 
Oh, that's different. I like, okay, I will say, I was surprised all three of our number 10s were different. Yeah. Number nine, Saint Anger. Uh, number eight, Reload. Uh, number seven, Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Number six, Injustice for All. Number five, Death Magnetic. Uh, number four, Kill em All. Number three, Black Album. Number two, Master of Puppets. And number one, Ride the Lightning. So we all agree Ride the Lightning is their best record. I was going to say Ride the Lightning is not just the best Metallica record, but it's definitely top five best metal records of all time. And you can argue that with several of their records, which is why, like, the fact that Scott's, you know, almost offended that Kill Em All is number four. It's like, but Scott, like, number one through three are the best metal records ever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Are you trying to say Kill Em All isn't one of the best metal records? And, and it's certainly up there. I wouldn't put it as high as the first. That my top saying, I'll tell you what, Metallica on the back cover of Kill Em All would be very offended that you said that. See, James is more... Oh, oh, oh okay, these guys? You mean Beavis and Butthead if they're musicians? Yeah. See, like... That's what I was going to bring up earlier that I forgot. The back cover <laughs> of Kill Em All is the best back cover ever because they're all just like... It's like they all are like in different stages of irritated. I'm just gonna say it, but Ride the Lightning to me is a perfect album. I agree. It's it's, it's so bad. Damn, it's pretty damn close to being a perfect record. Yeah. And then like the fact that you know Master of Puppets and Black Album right behind it are you know because they have a flaw or like two flaws you know, end up further down the list. And, like, Kill Em All, it's a tight record. There's hard... It's hard to pick a bad song... Like, like a, a least favorite, I should say. Because there are no bad songs on it. Um, the... The one thing that holds it back is that, to me, it's like... It's... It's the starting point, and they evolve from there with Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets. Well, it's kind of like, it's like, it's Charmander, and then Ride the Lightning is going to be like your Charizard. Well, you know and I mean? also, I can also see where you're coming from in the sense of when you look at that at Kill 'Em All, it is more a little as close, a little closer to their contemporaries, like the other bands in that scene. It's a little closer to that traditional quote unquote thrash sound. And Whereas they, the, just, the other ones inject a little bit more than than say Kill 'Em All had, but I still, still like so still much. Like what blows what blows my mind is that I didn't know that Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning were only a year apart. They don't yes. sound a year apart. They sound it's, like it took two years to write it. Right, and yeah, it's it's hard to do. Uh, blows my mind. Oh, the, the last three was the real tough ones. <laughs> you know, because... That was a real struggle for me. Because for me, like... Load had a couple good songs, and it's just... It's just... Bad experiments for the rest of it. And then, like, Saint Anger, like, each song has a nugget of, like, this could have been even better. And then with Reload, like, for me, the songs uh, fuel... And, um, what was another one of the good ones? 
like Unforgiven to like the the highs on reload were higher than load. But the loads of load. Yeah, but to me, on average, the worst songs on Reload weren't as bad as the worst songs on on Load. The exception being Slither. So they have one song worse than all the bad songs on Load. Everything else, to me, kind of blended together. So what would you say is the absolute worst song Metallica ever did? Slither! (laughs) Wade? Uh, Hold on. Slither. Yeah, I can't disagree with that either. Also, and the I'm... house, the house that Jack built, they should tear that fucker down. <laughs> uh... Because Jesus Christ, who decided that was a good song? Bob I don't Rock. know. But Bob Rock, there's, I feel like they just like, oh shit, they released the album, like, oh shit, we forgot to take that track out. <laughs> Rock, you need to stay away from Metallica. Well, well, I was like, oh like, shit, we should have... Maybe he had it in there for like an April Fool's Day joke. I really like this. He's like, wait, did I take that one song off of that? Fuck. <laughs> this, hey, uh, this was... Back a very... then it's all like reel-to-reel like tape. Point is, if you haven't listened to Ride the Lightning before, go do it. Yeah, and you so, like yeah, if you like heavy metal and you haven't listened to Ride the Lightning, you have depraved yourself <laughs> of, of of like easily top five, top three of best metal records of all time. Right. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to Load Through Saint Anger, keep it up. Yeah, you're doing you're doing <laughs> all right. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on what's your ranking? Let us know in the comment section on whatever, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Facebook.com, whatever. Also, give us suggestions for other soundtracks because I think we're going to do these more often because yeah, they're kind of fun. This is a long one. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is, yeah. we're gonna break. We're probably going to break these up in the future. <clears throat> yeah, but like these are long. This is a long track. This is a long album list. What's another band that you could choose? You know, others. Yeah. Uh, Sex Pistols. We can do Sex Pistols easily. Let's do it right now. So, uh, best album, uh, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Uh, worst album, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Yes. There. That's our thoughts Shit. on. Yeah. We that's have our, two. We our thoughts on the uh-huh. of the Sex Pistols. Let us know in the comment section below on Facebook.com/slash/MakingDishProductions or Instagram MakingDishProductions or Facebook or sorry Twitter MakingDishMCP. You can. We did two sound checks in one episode. That's right. And not only that. Speaking of sound checks. Wait, and I have a band, Meteor King, meteorking.bandcamp.com. You can find links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation. We have a YouTube page. Um, you can purchase digital copies of our music there. You can get CD copies of our music, T-shirts, patches, pins, whatever. You order some physical media, you're going to get a free Meteor King sticker. You, you know, we're, we're, we're so thankful, especially in these times, for any orders that we get. And, you know, we're just happy to pass along the music and, you know, just glad people are uh, enjoying what they hear and, you know, like what we're putting out. Um, as far as upcoming news about shows, chances are anything we have upcoming, probably going to get canceled. So keep tabs on it through our social media, which I mentioned uh, just a bit ago. Uh, Joe, what else we got? We're on YouTube at youtube.com slash Productions. You can see all of our video 
part of our audio video setup uh, on there. And, uh, you know, we got Criterion Connections. Uh, we got, you know, old sound checks. There's B-movie dens. And uh, and there's also the shorts that are also on Vimeo.com at Vimeo.com slash Productions. And, uh, yeah, just hit subscribe button. Go there. Find the videos you like. Hit the like button. Share them. It's, it's always helpful. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Thank you so much for joining us on this double-length episode uh, into the discography of Metallica. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Scott the Bot Savage along with... Suede Wade. And... Joe, who hopes that this episode's more like Hardwired rather than Load and Reload as a double album. Yeah. <laughs> Reminding you, as always, to keep it hardwired. To keep it reload. But most importantly, you got to keep it... Keep it... Rock and Yeah!